doing, Doc? I need fuel. Give me fuel, take a fly, ship me trains and out of sight. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy Fuel. If you have ever listened to us in the past, you know that half of this uh, ensemble are Jets fans. And there's some pretty big Jets news, which we will cover, but we'll cover much more in detail when we record the Back Row Jets show. So, if you're watching on Twitch or you're listening, there's going to be a lot of talking about Jamal Adams and the recent Mm -hmm. deal. So, please check out the Back Row Jets show After you listen to Fantasy Fuel, today we will start with the Jamal Adams news, the trade, which finally happened after uh, (laughs) how long? Apparently, last year, Jamal Adams was ribbing the Cowboys players like, hey, get your front office to trade for me, and apparently it just spiraled out. So, the trade, as it stands, the Jets are sending a... What third round pick is it? And uh, fourth, or fourth round pick. Sorry, I have it in yep. front of me and I can't even read it. A fourth round pick <laughs> and Jamal Adams to the Seattle Seahawks. So mm-hmm. you're welcome, Asa. You're getting a uh, giant safety, and the Jets yep. are getting back Bradley McDougal, McDougald, who is not a <laughs> yep. bad player. Yep. A first and third round pick in 2021, and another mm-hmm. first round pick in 20. 22 how happy are you tom i honestly i i'm gonna say this in the jets show as well but i wanted adams to stay i did sure and i voiced that i think uh pretty well for everybody (laughs) here and i just said if he's if he's gonna cause issues and if he doesn't want to be there that's fine that we can trade him let's just get something out of him hopefully it's something good this is good this is beyond what i thought we would get i mean i did not think we'd get two first round picks for him and get a quality safety to replace him and right. then get a third rounder as well. And then we're just giving up a fourth. So we're kind of third and fourth. It's kind of like a moving up kind of thing, but it's, it's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> we don't lose too much at the safety position with McDougal. Um, it, it's, he's definitely not nearly the same as Adams. Adams to me, like I said, plenty of times, best safety in the league, but McDougal's still somebody that is going to be a starter for for the New York Jets, at least initially. And he's definitely good enough to be a, to be, like I said, a starter. I mean, that's that's what's crazy about this. Yeah. We have two first round picks and a starter. It, I'm sorry, it, it's just a no brainer for the New York Jets, in my opinion. It's the weirdest thing about this whole trade to me is the fact that there there was no secret that Jamal Adams wanted out and there was no yeah. secret that the Jets were willing to deal him as much as they wanted to hope he could keep him and he'd stay so yep. there was no leverage like oh no 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 <laughs> he doesn't want to be traded so if you want him you're going to have to pay through the nose to get right. him <laughs> so no leverage and they still ended up with two first round picks granted if the Seahawks are good the first-round picks are late. Still, right. it, in my opinion, doesn't matter. Two first-round picks 
and moving yeah. up from a fourth to a third. And again, getting a starter in return. So they are not without. Yes. They did not just have to say, hey, Ashton Davis, guess what? You get to start this year. No, it's still right. going to be Marcus May and Bradley McDougald. And yep. Ashton Davis can learn whether or not they keep yep. McDougald around or what goes on with May. Now they should be able to at least pay May to stay around. So that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Again, we'll go way more in depth <laughs> on the back row Jets show. But the purpose of us talking about this more is we're going to transition the rest of the show uh, in a minute here is going to be talking about the new NFC West and how it's mm-hmm. going to relate to all fantasy projections and whatnot, because there has been a lot of shakeups in the NFC West. So it's going to look a lot different. Now, before we get into any of that, I do want to ask what you think Jamal Adams IDP stock will be in Seattle. Do you think it's going to be a a better place for him to get points or is it going to maybe back off a little bit as you know, I have him in the flag league and yeah, I am not probably going to be contending this year, so yeah. I might want to see what he's worth. Yeah, that's a good question. I guess I haven't really thought about it yet. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I can't see it being much worse or much better. I, I have to kind of dig into it a little bit to see what kind of uh, a time that he's going to be on the field because I, I want to see how long the Seahawks are usually on defense per game and then that will kind of tell me because the jets are on defense per game last year probably (laughs) more than it should have been so he's obviously going to score more when he's on the field more so i i have to take a look at that and see but i haven't thought about it i mean it's it's so fresh there's no way i was going to be like oh that (laughs) makes jamal adams this (laughs) so yeah we'll see we'll take a look all right well other than that um we have to talk about again the possibility of the football season doing something other than what we want it to do, whether mm-hmm. it be starting late or canceling it all, because we had an outbreak in Major League Baseball of coronavirus, and mm-hmm. it's not very encouraging. We just got news in the last week, week and a half, of the NFL and the NFLPA coming together and agreeing on a lot of things to get this season rolling, and now, what, Three days into the Major League Baseball season, we had what the Marlins had like 12 players and four coaches test positive. Like, that's not a good sign going forward because they're not in a bubble. And as far as I know, the NFL is not going to be in a bubble. They're going to travel all over the place. Yeah. What are your thoughts? It just sucks. Yeah. (laughs) It sucks. I mean, again, we said this about Zeke when he got his COVID-19 thing and they're young. They're most, well, the coaches, maybe you never know, but the players, at least they're young. They're probably going to be okay, but it, it's just, it just sucks because I want sports <laughs> and yeah. I just have this horrible, horrible feeling that this is going to cause the general man or, or the, the commissioner of the MLB to at least postpone the season a little right. bit. And I'm, I'm assuming in a couple of days or so he's going to do something. I don't know. I, I'm not in his mindset. I don't really know what he's thinking, but it just kind of, it just sucks. Cause now everybody's paying attention. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They had like 12 people in their organization that has COVID-19. So, and they just got done playing. I don't know who they played, but it doesn't matter because now that team's on, 
on a complete hiatus and they're like, okay, we just played these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have something to worry about. I don't know what's going to happen. So it, it's definitely, it just sucks. That's all I can say because I want sports so bad. Yeah. And you know, there's already players, there were players in baseball and there's starting to be players in football too. that are be like, you know what? I'm just taking the year off and they have that mm-hmm. option. Uh, one of the chiefs, the chief starting right guard, actually uh, Duvernay Tardif, is not going to play this year, and he's actually working in long-term care facility in Canada helping to fight COVID. So that's that's awesome of him to do that, but he might not have had much of a choice anyway if things keep going the way they're going. And we we don't get NFL, maybe there's going to be a lot of people helping in these ways just because there's nothing else for them to do. Uh, I hope hope it doesn't happen, but... We got to prepare for it. Um, Mm -hmm. But speaking of the Chiefs, I have one more little news item from them. Uh, We always say, don't listen to coaches. But then every (laughs) once in a while, there's something that happens or a player says something and we take notice. You know, a couple years ago, uh, Tariq Cohen was on our radar because of what his coaches said. And Mm -hmm. he was a great pickup as a mid-rounder that year. Well, then the very next year, we kind of took notice, and we're like, I don't really feel very comfortable at mm-hmm. Tariq Cohen anymore. And so we said, no, let's not do that. Well, here's some of the first um, running back quotes that I'm seeing. Clyde <laughs> Edwards-Hilaire from the Chiefs has already said, Andy Reid's playbook has been easy for me. Chiefs offense is a perfect fit. So take that for what you will, but he seems to be pretty darn confident at uh, what the Chiefs have to offer him. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I, I love hearing any any type of news about players that are already catching on and stuff, and they're they're not even out there really yet. So it's it's just great. I love it. I think if Andy Reid were to say something about it, it would make me feel a little bit yes. better because he doesn't he doesn't really say much when it comes to that kind of thing. So if he's saying that this guy's going to be great or <laughs> hyping him up in any any facet at all, I would pay more attention to Andy Reid. And there's certain coaches I pay attention to, and there's certain ones I don't. Like if they're hyping up, it's like obvious you're just yeah. in it for the media attention or whatever it is. But Andy Reid's somebody I pay attention to, and there's a few others out there as well. So I, I would – I'm waiting to see what he has to say about Clyde Edwards Hilaire because I think he's going to be great. I think this he's the guy that I want on the team, no ba- no doubt about it, as far as the running back position. Yeah, it's starting to feel like, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but because <laughs> of the lack of training and the lack of teams getting together and stuff right now, if you're going to go with a rookie or a player that is on a new team, Clyde Edwards Hilaire might be that guy that you can actually yeah. be comfortable with because he doesn't have to learn an entirely new offense. They drafted him specifically yeah. because he fit into that offense. And apparently he is um, doing just fine going over it <laughs> and learning it. He just needs to actually get out there and play. And yeah. uh, hopefully we'll get to see some of that soon. I feel like a broken record. I have said it so many times, but I, we were just starting to gain a little bit of confidence and it just yeah. shoots right back down. And well, we the got no control about, over it. So oh, the one thing about baseball is 
you're playing every single day. Right. With football, it's a little different. A little bit. Because you're not playing every day. Well, you're not playing every day against another team. You are playing every day against your own teammates. That's true. But... But maybe that makes a little bit of a difference when you're not playing against other players every day and you can kind of see, okay, we have four players that are on our team. They're not coming with us. Or what? I don't know how they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I the know. speculation is just absolutely out the window at this point. We have no clue what's happening. Yep, you are correct in that. Uh, one more little piece of news that can transition us right into our NFC West uh, dissection. The 49ers and Raheem Mostert have uh, wiggle-roomed a new contract. Yeah. It didn't add any years, but with incentives, he can actually double his salary this year. Well, mm-hmm. his salary is just under $3 million, so doubling mm-hmm. his salary will be just under $6 million. So it's not like they are spending a ton of money to make sure Raheem Mostert is the guy in San Francisco. That being yeah. said... Let's just start with San Francisco because we have talked about San Francisco a few times. Neither one of us are very high on the 49ers going into this year. I know, I know. They just went to the Super Bowl. Their defense really hasn't been any different than it was. Yeah. But you and I, uh, as far as offense go, I think we're on the same page here. We just are not in love with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's true. If they would have traded for Trent Williams and not had Joe Staley retire, might have thought a little different about it. But Trent Williams (laughs) basically just, you know, fit in where Joe Staley was. So the offense is almost the same. And Mm. their running backs are just, I don't think they're going to be able to do what they did again. Let let me hear your thoughts. Well... When it comes to the 49ers, like you said, Garoppolo is somebody I don't trust in. And their, their defense is still going to be just as good. And so that, that tells me that they still have a chance to win the division. They still, I don't think they're going to go 11 and 3 or whatever it is they went last year. Uh, not 11 and 3. That doesn't make sense. 13 and 3. Uh, 13, and, <laughs> 13 and 3. Um, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to fall down. Maybe it's 11 and 5, or maybe it's 10 and 6, or maybe they squeak in at 9 and 7 or something. I don't know. All I know is that they're not going to be as good as last year. I can almost guarantee that. Um, if they are, they prove me wrong. I'll put my foot in my mouth and <laughs> we can talk about how good of a team they are because that will prove it to me. If they go again, 13 and 3, again, 100%, I will back off and I'll say they're really good and I expect them to be good the next year unless they lost a bunch of pieces. Um, Garoppolo needs to step up either way. He needs to be a better quarterback for the team, regardless of how, what the record is. They can, they can actually win the Super Bowl if Garoppolo can be a really good quarterback. If that defense continues to, to be the defense that they had, uh, last year, because that was a fantastic defense, but Garoppolo is the big key to that, that team. The running backs are just kind of up in the air at this point, really, I don't know what to think about them. They're wide receivers. There's only one I can really trust in. So it gets it gets iffy, but obviously they're tied in. Fantastic. I mean, yes. there's nothing else you can say about it. He's fantastic. He's one of the best, if not the best, in the game right now. And it's just really, it's really difficult to sit here and say that the San Francisco 49ers are going to be anywhere close to as good. I think that if I had to make a prediction, I'm saying – Nine and seven, 
10 and 6. <laughs> yep. They're going to win games, but they're not going to look as good. Well, this, this whole division is very interesting to look at, and that's why we're going over this division in particular today. Because yeah. the last place team in this division was the Cardinals at 5, 10, and 1. <laughs> that's and not happening again. The Cardinals right have improved drastically going into yeah. this season. Uh, they got a rookie linebacker to hopefully hold down the defense. They've obviously traded for DeAndre Hopkins, which yes. you were just saying before we came on the air, talking about Jamal Adams' <laughs> trade of the year. Oh, wait, no, maybe not because, oh, maybe yeah, not. there's another t- in that same <laughs> division that is just traded for one of the best wide receivers in the game. So in your opinion, you've been saying that DeAndre Hopkins is possibly the best wide receiver in the league before. Mm-hmm. You have said Jamal Adams is possibly the best safety in the league. And they both got (laughs) traded to the NFC West. So this is going to reshape this division. Now, will it mean more or less points in fantasy for DeAndre Hopkins? That's kind of what we're going to be talking about here. So why not? Let's go into the Arizona Cardinals. They no longer have David Johnson, which doesn't seem like it's a bad thing. Kenyon Drake is on everybody's radar. And in Mm -hmm. my opinion, he is going way too high in drafts right now because I just, I can't see him continuing anywhere close to the pace he was on. Like the last, what, five or six games, whatever it was when he got in there, was akin to the first six games of Deshaun Watson's career. We was like, that is not a sustainable pace. Yes, I know he looked amazing, <laughs> but there is zero chance that he can continue doing that. So I'm holding off on Kenyon Drake. Where are you fitting him in your puzzle? Well, Kenyon Drake to me is still somebody that I would consider to be a stud at this point. I don't, I, you're, you're probably right. He's not going to sustain what he was doing last year, but he's still going to get enough to where it's going to be consistent. And the reason I think you're right about that to that extent is because now they have Hopkins, they have other options okay. that are studs. You know, Hopkins is somebody that can take the ball, take the, Take, take the game away from a lot of other players because he's just that good. So if you're really targeting Hopkins as a quarterback, you really might not need to go to the running back as much. But I still think he's going to be good enough to where you can start him and feel confident in it. it but Hopkins is definitely somebody that, I mean, I, I can't see his production getting much worse. I could I could see it getting worse just because it's a different team, a different quarterback. There's not that connection there. We're sitting here waiting on COVID. We don't know what's happening there. Yeah. So I could see that the connection not happening so much. But the fact of the matter is, is once that connection happens, it's going to be just about the same or even better possibly than when he was on the uh, Houston Texans. I will say that – Kenyon Drake over the last three years of his career is a mm-hmm. very, well, I, I can't say very, is a reliable PPR type of running back. Yeah. The last two seasons yeah. he had 50-plus receptions. The only difference is two years ago he had five touchdowns in the passing game, whereas last year he actually had zero touchdowns receiving, but he did have the eight touchdowns rushing. So he got a lot of points, but not in the ways that he had been getting them. But because of that wide-open offense for the Cardinals, I think his PPR game will still be very strong. 
I just don't know if I'm willing to spend a second rounder on him, which is where I'm yeah, seeing yeah. him go. I hear you. Yeah. And when it comes down to Hopkins, I mean, you look at what he did last year, it wasn't exactly what he were used to. I mean, he only scored 18, 19 points per game that we say only, and only, that's still yeah. <laughs> a lot, but it's not what we're used to out of him. Last year was a sort of a down year for Hopkins. He, he was kind of inconsistent and that's not exactly what we're used to. So I think it will get back to consistency now that he's going to have a bunch of other pieces around him on this team. This team to me is better than the Texans. It's, 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 it's surrounded its <laughs> offensive players with a bunch of other really good guys where the Texans, there was only a couple guys. It's like, okay, that guy can hurt you. Right. And that guy can hurt you. I see a lot more consistency out of Hopkins this year where it's not going to go from 31 points week one to nine points week two, right. and then the 13 and then the seven and the 16, 17. And then it got a little bit consistent there, but then he was kind of up and down. Even when he had big games, it dropped back down to a not so big game, but it was okay. So I want to see, and I think I will see a little more consistency out of Hopkins this next year. And not to, uh, go against any of what you were saying because he did have a down year uh he only had 104 catches only uh which is actually (laughs) the third most in his career and he only had only 1165 yards receiving Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is like his fifth best year so that obviously was good bad and then seven touchdowns is his fourth best so it's not like it was horrible but here's the thing. No. He still had 150 targets. Granted, yeah. it's going to be a new quarterback throwing to him, but I'm pretty sure Kyler Murray is going to pepper DeAndre Hopkins with targets. And if sure. Kyler Murray is a great quarterback, like a lot of people are drafting him for in fantasy football, he should be able to spread the ball around if DeAndre Hopkins is getting blanketed by, say, the Seattle Seahawks and Jamal Adams shadowing DeAndre (laughs) Hopkins. If they take DeAndre Hopkins out of a game, well, so be it. You're still going to start him. But those other guys, like Christian Kirk and some guy Mm -hmm. named Larry Fitzgerald, could have a nice little comeback year. And be mm-hmm. a great. What was? What did we draft him? I think in one of those mocks was like the thirteenth wow. round. I, like, I honestly forgot that he was even you know a thing. And right. Then to, wait a second. <laughs> There's Larry Fitzgerald. I'll take. Him. He's still gonna get targets. <laughs> I'll take him. So yeah. Uh, I mean, and then there's just so much other options right now on the Cardinals, rookies, second-year players, guys that were hurt last year but were rookies. So there's going to be a lot. And then you just throw in a guy like Chase Edmonds as the backup running back for the Cardinals. And even if Kenyon Drake goes down or isn't the greatest thing, maybe Chase Edmonds is a good complement and they still have a good running game. Not great for fantasy players, but yeah. maybe that just makes Kyler Murray that much more valuable. I, it's possible. I, I'm i starting to wonder if trying to take Kyler Murray in a mid-round, if you can get him in the fifth, sixth round, is a good thing, but there's still there's still so many quarterbacks take out there. There's a ton of quarterbacks. Just like I when mean, we did I'm the best th- ball league, you were like, well, let's take, oh, well, no, we can yeah, wait. Exactly. Oh, well, no, we can wait. Oh, well, no, we can wait. You know what? We really can wait this year, it's, it's, but it's so intriguing. It's insane. It really is. When when 
Aaron Rodgers falls so far, it's like, well, what's the point of taking good quarterbacks at the beginning because Aaron Rodgers is falling? So, yeah, it's a definitely this year for sure. Even over last year, I'm waiting on quarterbacks. Like I, I think I said I was going to do different stuff this year. I was going to take a quarterback early. I'm going to take tight ends early. No, probably not. I mean, it just makes way more sense even this year to not do that. So. Yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> All right, we got two teams left. Uh, let's go to the other team that you and I both really don't like. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the L.A. Rams and mm-hmm. their menagerie of different offensive options. And that offensive line hasn't gotten really any better going into this season. So mm-hmm. Jared Goff, eh, he's he's going to have yeah. to make some plays. He's still got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. No Brandon Cooks. Okay, yep. I don't see that as such a terrible loss, but they don't really have much else beyond that. I know fantasy players are thinking Tyler Higby is going to be the next best thing. Mm. And I I love the way he, like the last five weeks of the season, he was insane. He was putting up George Kittle-type numbers in a George Kittle-type role on the Rams last season. But again, I just don't trust it. What about you? I don't trust it because it's just it's, it doesn't make sense. You got other guys that you, you can target more on that team. Like I'm just looking here at Cooper Cup. And the guy had a great year last year, and I think he can still have a great year this next year. It's not, you know, it's not an insane year by any means, but it's still good enough to where he's giving you 17 points a game or so, somewhere around there. Yeah. And he's he's fairly consistent, too. I mean, you just kind of look at what he did last year. Now, it changes because he's lost another wide receiver on the right. other side. But I, I believe this. He, he is one of them guys that you can at least trust in to give you a good 15 points per game. At the very least. I yeah. don't think you're going to get too many of them. Dang, he only gave me three points this week. I, I, I can't win because of that. I think, it's just like, let me look at it real quick. 17 points per game, 12, 18, 36, 27, 27. Yeah, I mean, it gets it's pretty consistent. There is a five in there. But then after that, it's fairly consistent. So I believe the Cooper Cup is still somebody who's going to be consistent. He's going to be targeted more often. There's no doubt about that. I mean, when it comes to the Rams, it's tough because I don't think they're bad. I just don't think they're good enough. Right. Does that make any sense? I mean, they're not a bad team, and if they were in a different division, I think they'd have a better chance. Division winner could be 10-6, and 9-7, and seven, and it could still be a, a Rams type of year when they get lucky and they win a few games and go 9-7, and seven, they could do it because all of these teams, every single one of them, could, could overtake uh, <laughs> each other. I yeah. mean, it just... That's just kind of how it is. I'll say Cooper Cup last year had 134 targets, which is by far the most he has ever had in a season. He had just shy of 100 receptions with 94, 1,162 yards and 10 touchdowns. By far his best season out of the Mm -hmm. first three seasons uh, that he's been in the league. So if he can stay healthy, he is – Going to be peppered with targets from Jared Goff. We have seen oh, that yeah. anytime he is on the field, Jared yep. Goff trusts him. And if I'm going to take anybody on the Rams, it's going to be Cooper Cup. No doubt, no doubt. As far as the running game goes, uh, 
You all know I love Cam Akers coming out of mm-hmm. college, but it's going to be tough trusting anybody as a running back on the Rams, whether it be Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson or Cam Akers. They're probably yeah. going to go with a hot hand, but if they don't have a good enough run-blocking scheme for those guys to get behind, there's never going to be a hot hand, and it's just going to be a backfield that you might have to stay away from until they upgrade the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. The offensive line obviously has tons to do with how a running back performs. But I'd like to see if Cam Akers comes out and says, you know what, you guys were so low on Todd Gurley. Look at what I can do with this terrible (laughs) offensive line. Because I believe he can. I think he's that talented. He's a talented all-around talent. I mean, he can do just about anything on the field. Um, The guy... I really think that he's going to take about week four, he's going to take the bulk of the carries. And it's not going to be an insane amount of carries because I'll say 70% of the carries, okay? And I think that's going to be enough to where you can feel confident in him. But it, it will take a few weeks to get to that point because, one, he's an unknown, and, two, there's no preseason game, so we're mm-hmm. gonna, we don't even – we can't even – practice the way you want to and figure out how this guy's going to be in an actual game against other teams. So I think it's going to take a, a few weeks like it would normally do for preseason games. You're going to figure out who is the guy for your team when, especially when you got young guys and all three of them running backs are fairly young. Yes. You got Brown and uh, Henderson uh, Henderson, and you got now uh, Cam Akers. So, one of them is going to take the role, and I believe it's going to be Akers, but I could be I could be dead wrong. Cam Akers is the one, though, I would roll the dice with if I'm going to pick him up at all in any draft. For sure, but I do believe ADP-wise, both Henderson and Akers are going around yep. the same, and even yep. that's a little high for me to put much oh, yeah. faith in. I agree. So yep. I'm staying away for the moment unless they fall a little further than they have been, and who knows, mm-hmm. it's very possible if – because we have no preseason going on, yeah. maybe some of the rookie stock in single-season fantasy leagues starts dropping. And true. then you can take that chance on a Cam Akers guy late in your yep. draft and just hope if you've got room on your bench, maybe your league is expanding this year, their bench because of the COVID situation, and you can take more chances on guys <laughs> like Cam Akers or maybe just try and get – all three Rams running backs. I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> if you're willing to do something of that nature, <laughs> then you're covered at least for um, a couple of COVID announcements, I guess. Uh, <laughs> all right, we got one team left, and that is the team that just acquired Jamal Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the NFL's top 100 just started, and I think Chris Carson actually was like, either number 100 or like 96, something like there. And yes, he did have a decent season, but it wasn't the consistency that we here at Fantasy Fuel come to enjoy out of uh, the running back position. So he is still one of their best players, at least running the ball. Yeah. But I think it's going to be more of a passing situation this year. Russell Wilson is going to be a great quarterback to have fantasy-wise, and he's not going anywhere near where he used to in fantasy drafts. So I'll be targeting yeah, him. True. But again, if when I'm targeting Russell Wilson in, say, the 8th, ninth, 10th round, and there's still like 
seven guys that I'd like to have, I'm still probably going to just keep passing up quarterbacks yeah. until I absolutely do not like anybody else on on the list. But uh, offensive-wise, I, I know you like some guys on the Seahawks, so tell yep. us who you like. Well, I, I think the reason that it's possible that Carson may take a little bit of a step back is that, like you said, they're going to pass the ball a little more. In my opinion, DK Metcalf is about ready to go crazy. And I don't know if it's going to be this year. It could be the next year after that. But we're going to see some real signs of Metcalf just making unbelievable plays and burning people. You know, it, the guy is a freak of nature when it comes to size, speed, and just all-around ability. So I really think this guy is going to make a big step up. I don't know if it's going to be this year or not, but if I'm taking a chance, I'm taking a chance on him with any of these. I would rather have Metcalf than Carson. Obviously not in a draft. I'd probably take Carson before I take Metcalf because that's what, what's happening. Metcalf's going lower. But Chris Carson, somebody who obviously give you solid numbers, at least solid enough to where you don't have to worry too much about your starting lineup when it comes to that. Well, I've got something on that. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. All right. Well, I'm going down the list of all the offensive players for the Seahawks going into 2020, and I'm not sure that everybody is remembering all the new faces that are coming in to the Seahawks. There's not a ton. But the ones that are, are definitely people that aren't just going to sit on the bench all year. Yeah. Have we forgotten that Carlos Hyde has signed with the Seahawks? He is somebody that I know you were high on in a different way last year, but he still produced, and he's not a terrible running back. That, along with um, Chris Carson and uh, Rashad Penny, that's that's three guys that are all capable of doing the role, but none of them seem to stay on the field for an entire season. But even if they're all healthy, who's <laughs> going to get the ball all the time? I mean, what if Carlos Hyde just end up meshing better with Russell Wilson than Chris Carson did? I don't know if that's a possibility. But sure. there's, there's also other guys like Greg Olson. He's in Seattle. And guys like Philip Dorsett, I know he's not an amazing guy, but there is a lot of offensive weapons now for Russell Wilson. And I think it's just, it's going to be a good Russell Wilson year. I may not target guys like uh, Tyler Lockett this year. I like Mm -hmm. Tyler Lockett. He did Mm -hmm. very well for me in the flag league, mostly because we get punt and kick return yards. So he was way (laughs) far and above better than he would be in a normal league. But I think I'm targeting Russell Wilson and almost nobody else just because I don't know that they're going to be 100% guys that are going to score well every single week. Uh, The reason you target Russell Wilson is because he's got a lot of targets, and that's the reason you're not targeting Lockett as much is because there's more targets for Russell Wilson this year. And I, I, I agree to a certain extent that Hyde can take some away from Carson because I do believe that's going to be a little bit of a share. I, to me, though, I'm taking Penny and I'm throwing him out. I'm just <laughs> done with I'm totally done with Penny at this point. And I think it's going to be Chris Carson taking most of it. And I think Hyde's going to be the change of pace guy coming in, doing a little of the dirty work. And then 
uh, I believe Metcalf and Lockett and uh, who's the other guy that you just said it. Now I already, <laughs> already forgot. Philip Dorsett. Dorsett, yes. All three of them wide receivers are going to be fairly solid and give Russell Wilson some targets that he really hasn't had in the past. Because even if you think of last year, Metcalf really wasn't there. And it felt right. like he was there, but it didn't feel like he was there. I think this year changes a lot with Metcalf and with Dorsett, and now you got uh, Lockett as well. So I'm, I just think this is going to be a different offense, and I think Chris Carson maybe takes a little bit of a step down. Not a big step, though. Okay, well, we will find out. Hopefully, if there's oh, yeah. still a season, we don't know about any of that yet. Um, let's let's hope we find out. We're still crossing our <laughs> fingers, but again, uh, if you are like us and something happens to f- the football season. We are. We have plans in the works to make sure yeah. that there is some kind of uh, gambling addiction being met as far <laughs> as fantasy football or video game. You know, mad. There, there's stuff in the works. Yeah. I promise you. I'm just not going to show our hand quite yet because if the season <laughs> happens, we're not going to have time to do this other stuff. But if the season doesn't happen. We, we've got a plan, so bear with us, stick with us. We promise there's going to be something good on the horizon, and you will not miss it as much if we don't actually get a football season. But <laughs> that is going to wrap it up this week. We, uh, we talked about the NFC West. There was just so much going on. All the big oh, yeah. trades seem to have gone the NFC West way. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's weird that it went that way. And we're going to talk about it some more in just a couple of minutes mm-hmm. when we record the Back Row Jets show. Please stick around for that. Uh, if you've got any questions about our future plans, I can give you some tidbits. Hit us up on Twitter at Fantasy Fuel or email us at fantasyfuelpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, other than that, uh, we appreciate you watching on Twitch. We appreciate you listening everywhere you can find us because I'm pretty sure you can find us everywhere. And uh, <laughs> that's good. So thank you for listening. And don't forget, stay fueled up for the rest of the off season.